0: الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده بلا شريك وحده بلا شبيه وحده بلا مثيل وحده بلا وليد سبحانه وتعالى عما يقولون علواً كبيراً وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وهادينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبد الله ورسوله وصفيه وخليله لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا من يطيع الله ورسوله وقل الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وقل الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه Ayuhal Mu'minoon. The assault on our infant willpower, Muslims now in the world are trying to come into being. And it appears that everyone from every direction is taking their aim at us We're not paranoid, we're not reactionary and we're not apologetic When we are in the presence of Allah Jalla wa'ala. We are quite confident that the rumors and propaganda Fomented against us Will ricochet And go In the opposite direction For which they were intended One of the issues That has Been used Against the Muslims is Muslims are Oppressive of their women folk their sisters their daughters their mothers etc (coughs) we treat them we are told by a media that is hostile to us we treat them with disrespect if not with outright animosity the recent case of genital mutilation that was in the news the past couple of weeks is just one demonstration of this fact as if there is something in Islam that sanctions genital mutilation there's nothing whatsoever if it is a tradition of a certain culture in different areas of the Muslim geography that has nothing to do with Allah and His Prophet. The issue here is that there is an attack and an assault on us when it comes to gender relationship. And then when you look at other peoples and other religions in the world, you find that everything is fine and dandy. No one is criticizing The others for their misbehavior Toward their women folk Let me make it clear from the beginning That there are fanatics and bigots And a sense of discrimination Among Jews and Christians and Muslims Towards their women folk But you wouldn't know this if you are tuned in to the media around the big mouths that speak night and day concentrate on the Muslims as if we are the, <coughs> the only guilty society in the world when it comes to gender relations it's sad to say that our Quran has raised the status of men and women together on an equal part there's the Ayah 35 in Surah Al Ahzab that places both men and women on the same level, with the same duties, rights, and responsibilities. It begins, in muslimina wal-Muslimat, wal wal Then it goes on to speak about al-mutasaddiqin wal-mutasaddiqat as-sa'imin was-sa'imat al-khashi'in wal-khashi'at al-hafidhina lifuruujihim wal-hafizat wal-dhakirina Allaha katiran wal-dhakirat a'adda Allah lahum maghfiratan wa you don't find this equivalency between male and female in any other Current Religious text And then we When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is placing both of us As genders On the same ground We are the ones Who look bad in the world And it comes from <coughs> The bigots And the fanatics Who have Traditionalized Islam and not gone to Allah and his prophet to extract islam from its source <laughs> another ayah from surah al-hujurat which places al thakar and al-untha male and female as the source of human life as the genesis of the follow all the following generations another ayah in surah al-imran Allah is not going to waste any of your efforts whether you are a male or a female Allah is setting the standards but we lag behind so let us visit our detractors those who don't have any thing good to say about Muslims and I before I begin this I have to repeat that mistreatment and misbehavior towards women is not an Islamic principle or value. But it is a phenomenon that can be detected in the context, and I'm going to only speak about the three revelations, scriptures, Al Yahud, Al Nasara, <clears throat> and Al Muslimin. So now we visit. And we haven't done this. Do you know of one Islamic scholar who has studied and who is a specialist and an authority on the Yahudi texts? Just ask yourself in your mind: do we have someone like that? They have al-Yahood and Al-Nasara, they have their own professionals, academics specialists, scholars who have studied our Qur'an and our hadith we don't have in response to that our own scholars our own intellectuals who have studied their revelations, their books of scriptures, their reference material so that we can come out and speak to the world with a degree of enlightenment now I'm going to take some quotes from the Talmud the Talmud in the Yahudi context is like the Hadith in the Islamic context let's see what they say when it comes to gender issues one of the statements from the Talmud from the section called Yerushal Yerushalami It says, the words of the Torah should be burned and not given to a woman. Now this doesn't mean all the Jews believe this. All Yahud subscribe to this. But it is there. And even in their society, (coughs) they have the fanatics, the bigots, the fundamentalists call them whatever you want to call them who treat their women in the same manner that they say Muslims treat their women another statement in the Talmud says the Gentiles the slaves women and minors their testimony is not acceptable no one has read this in the mainstream media or tuned into this in the mainstream media it is there of course they'll come and they'll tell you Muslims have such-and-such a hadith against women and I I don't doubt You can pluck out some hadiths against women in our hadith literature. And that's one area that we have to work on. We have to filter this hadith literature from statements that are contradictory with the meanings of the Quran. Another statement in the Talmud "Sidi Sidur Tafila. That's the section there in the Talmud it says Thank God that he did not create me as a woman Another statement taken from them This is how weak we are None of these statements are out there in public And obviously they are not going to publicize Such statements But those whose houses are of glass should not be throwing stones it says in another section of a Talmud called Sadr Nashim it says every wife has to wash the face of her husband and his feet and should prepare his bed for him and every wife who does not do that or is reluctant to do that or defies doing that should be punished by the lashes of a whip or food should be not should be denied her until she does it another one of their statements maybe the yahood they should have to filter their talmud the same way muslims have to filter their hadith Another one of these statements says a girl may be given off to marriage at the age of three. Now this doesn't mean that the girl gets married when she is three years old. This is my understanding of it. But she can be appointed to marry someone when she grows up beginning when she is three years old. And in today's Yahudi religious context, a girl may get married when she reaches the age of maturity, which is 12 years old. This is in their book, in a Talmud. The age of maturity for a boy is 13 years old another statement taken from their reference Talmud from the same Sadr Nashim which deals with matters of divorce and marriage and family affairs and all of these issues, another statement says a woman is a bag that is full of s-h-i-t no one hears that that indicates what the people who are in charge of the media know how to cover for their own imagine if this type of statement was to be found in an islamic text the statement would probably circum go around the earth many times in many Years on many occasions, but something like this barely anyone heard of in Yehudi texts. Then there is in the book of Yabamut, one of their Talmudi related books, it talks about. The legalization, the Torati legalization of a brother marrying his wife's brother when his brother is deceased. Let me explain this there's a husband and a wife. The husband dies and they have no children. Then it becomes the responsibility of the deceased's brother to marry his brother's wife. And they tell you, tell us, that this is part of their religion. And if the brother refuses to do so, then the widowed wife goes to the seniors the religious seniors of the Yehudi community rabbis or otherwise and says my husband's brother has refused to add the honorable an honorable name to israel meaning he refused To have a baby from me And if this Brother of the deceased insists That he will never have an affair With his brother's wife Then the widow goes And takes off his shoe From his foot spits in his face and says crying out saying this is what should be done with a man who refuses to have a child from his brother's wife and they have a name for this the 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 brother who's supposed to be the new husband is called halisa and the widow of the deceased husband is called halusa they have names for this now we, t- we shift from the yahudi context and we go to the nasrani context saint paul in his communication to Corinthians says, and this is the general meaning of what he said, your women have to be silent in churches. And if they want to learn, they ask their husbands at home. Because it is a shame for women to speak in churches. Now who's going to dig up that type of information? Say you, the civilized world. Look what you're saying. And this is not in some type of preacher or or bishop or clergyman's words. It's in your religious text. Another such statement says, O women, submit to your husbands. A woman's body is not hers. It belongs to her husband what do you say you out there who look at Muslims as if we are some type of wife beaters and wife haters? what do you say when you look into your own texts women another one women must remain sol- silent in congregation <coughs> now we come to our own context the Muslim this is a problem that cuts across religious lines come to our own context and we find that there are some hadiths no ayat some purported hadiths that make you feel as if a woman is a man's possession the dowry in some cultures is like a commercial transaction give us the give the family of the bride the dowry and we will give you our daughter. Then, the, imp- the impression from some of these so called hadiths is that women are there to make children and are there to satisfy the man's sexual urge. A woman is a fitna, these are two words, they're in our Islamic vocabulary. <laughs> and when you visit some of these so-called hadiths, you understand that a woman is a fitna and a awra. She is a source of sedition and she's a private part. This You can't trace any of these notions to Allah's book. You'll find them in some of these quotes that are attributed to allah's prophet may allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his therefore she has to be covered to such an extent you no longer can see her and that's what you'll find that in certain cultures in certain places all of the woman is except maybe for two little holes so that she can see the outside world she'll look at the outside world through these two holes and everything else is covered where, is it, where did this come from? this agree? I mean you're almost dysfunctioning half of society when you do that to women women if you read <coughs> some of these hadiths, <coughs> are sexually stimulating, and they are the basis for sin. Let me take a quote from Ibn Taymiyyah, let me take a quote from Ibn Taymiyyah, much of this type of notion, much of these types of impressions. He says, and I quote, وَأَنَّ الْمَرْأَةَ عُوْرَةٌ a woman is a private part and she's incomplete. She corresponds to the perfection of the man. Or A woman is a prisoner of the husband. وَهِيَ Mamluk, She is like a possessed object. وَعَلَى الْمَمْلُوكِ وَالْعَبْدِ الْخِدْمَةِ And a possessed person and a slave, their duty is service. They have to serve you, meaning the man. Once again, we remind you of the ayat in the Quran that place men and women on grounds of equality. That that doesn't mean they are the same. No, each one have their complementary relationship with the other. Without this superiority-inferiority relationship that all of us Muslims have been inflicted with. And I dare say beyond Muslims, al-Yahud and al-Nasara have been inflicted with. Read with me once again the ayah 35 in Surah Al-Ahzab. Inna al-Muslimina wal-Muslimat wal-Mu'minina wal-Mu'minat wal-Qanitina wal-Qanitat والصادقين والصادقات والصابرين والصابرات والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين لفروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرًا والذاكرات (laughs) أَعَدَّ اللَّهُ لَهُم We defy any of these people who point the finger of shame at us, the Muslims, we defy them to come up with an equivalent verse in their own religion that can match this verse in the book of Allah around which there is no doubt and no confusion. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم أدعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة <laughs> Dear committed Muslims, brothers and sisters, now we go to the Arabian Peninsula. We visit the source of these heartbreaking and mind defying issues. There's a quote-unquote, a hadith. They say there's a hadith. And this hadith, by the way, is in Sahih Muslim. It says, and this doesn't mean if we are critical of a few hadiths in Sahih Muslim, we're going to throw all of Sahih Muslim away. That's what some people think. When someone mentions something like this, is oh, this brother doesn't believe in the hadith. No, 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 stop where you are. That's not the case There's one of these so-called hadiths It says Said If you begin your salah If you commence your salah duty That salah will be violated By The movement in front of you of a donkey or a woman or a black dog and that word black is mentioned in one version of the hadith and in another version the word black is not there it's just the word dog where did this come from when, when someone like that reads a, a so-called hadith like that, isn't there some type of friction inside of you between the honorable and the honoring ayat of the Qur'an on one side and then a so-called hadith that violates and that virtually stabs the dignity and the honor of womanhood? What is she? She's a companion of the devil to say that if she, if she passes in front of you your salah is annulled? Is she one of the four that cannot be trusted? Is she the one that brings a shaitan to a man and a woman when they meet? That's the notion there. If a man and a woman meet, it's the woman that brings the shaitan to their meeting. It's not the man, it's the woman. And the ayat in the Qur'an, if we were just... All I ask is when you don't read a lot, it's like you're drowning. Just read a few ayat and think about what you are reading. When we visit these ayat in the Qur'an that speak about Adam, and his wife the ayat are referring to Adam who is falling into sin, who is making the mistakes who is disobeying Allah Adam 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 disobeyed his sustainer and so he fell into sin he didn't say his wife another ayah at the end of this Narrative of Adam and his wife in paradise, or in the garden. <coughs> At the end of this, when Adam realized what he did, <coughs> Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, Alehi Wahada." Allah forgave him. Allah accepted his repentance and guided him. Now, uh, uh, his wife Hawa as Hadith literature names her Her name does not occur in the Quran Doesn't mention anything about her So why is this all Quranically subvert Why is this these ayat In the Quran subverted By the type of Inaccurate and Malicious information That circulates In the public mind There's another hadith in the Sahih, narrated by uh, on the authority of Abdullah ibn umar this hadith says ثلاث, pessimism or bad luck comes from three things a woman a horse and a residence what is this can you place the meaning of something like this within the text the Quranic text and so when when we begin to misunderstand our Islam our Quran and our Prophet we begin to have fatwas some of these fatwas they say to us that it is haram for a woman to drive. Obviously, if you're reading this type of non-Quranic quotes or statements, you come and say, yeah, we, I don't want a woman to drive. And I wonder, any sister who drives a car anywhere in the world, when she is driving that car, there's nothing wrong with driving a car. When she's driving that car, does she remember that there are women in the birthplace of the Prophet and Islam that can't drive cars? And one of the the justifications for a fatwa like that is if she puts a seat belt on, then she is going to expose her breast or her breast is going to be visualized in a sexually stimulating way can you believe this can you believe a justification like this and then another fatwa says a father these are muslims saying this a father cannot be alone with his daughter and what's the reason for that because the daughter may cause her father to fall into sin these are the fatwas from arabia there is a fatwa by two of the sheikhs over there let me say their names uthman al-khamis and sa'ad al-ghamidi what did they say they said that ladies and girls cannot use the internet Why? Because they said, because it has to deal with the nature of women. If they get on the internet, that type of sexual, sinful character in her is going to come out. So if she wants to use the internet, if anyone wants to accept the fatwas of these types of individuals, they say, if she wants to use the internet, it has to be under the supervision of one of her mahrams. Because inside of her she has bad feelings and bad thoughts.
1: This is what we have
0: coming to us from Arabia. And if you listen to their satellite programs, you'd think Islam is a sex-obsessed religion. Astaghfirullah. And what do they do? They, They shield their population. You know, in Arabia, in Saudi Arabia, precisely, there are some satellite TV stations that are not permitted in that kingdom. And the first thing that would come to your mind, oh, maybe these are the pornographic, because there are pornographic satellite TV stations. I don't know about that. But what I know about for sure is they've cut off satellite TV stations and over the internet, internet a particular newspaper because they are supportive of Hezbollah or islamic iran or islamic self-determination or islamic independence or islamic freedom etc al mayadeen you can't watch it in that kingdom al manar you can't watch it in that kingdom there is a newspaper out of beirut called al akhbar you can't access it on the internet this is at a time when they have a minister they created a ministry called the inter or a a, an office part of a ministry called the entertainment agency that entertainment agency its official said our responsibility is to see to it That our people, meaning the citizens of Saudi Arabia, do not go overseas and spend $20 billion. That comes from his mouth. They are leaving there, they're coming to Europe, the United States, Southeast Asia, Thailand, all of these entertainment areas of the world, and they're spending $20 billion. This is at a time when they are forcing 20 million Yemenis to face starvation. They say one Yemeni is dying every 10 minutes. Because he or she could not find food to sustain themselves. This is the kingdom that has distributed its evil fatwas all around the world and now it's zionizing itself denmark country in northern europe has blacklisted six individuals because they promote hate speech the two individuals (coughs) (coughs) from that kingdom in arabia are salman al-awda and muhammad al-arifi they happen to have Canadian, Saudi, Syrian, and American nationalities. The one from the United States is called El imam Kamal Al-Makki. I don't know these persons, but this is, these, this is some of the information that came across that obviously you will not read in your average newspaper or source of information. we have the foreign minister the person who declared war against Yemen here in Washington DC over two years ago (coughs) I quote him we are in dire need of Israeli military assistance to defeat Yemeni rebels after all we are historically cousins and they come and tell you why do you speak against Saudi Arabia well If Saudi Arabia is on a criminal course, we want to expose criminal behavior and criminal objectives. To just step out for a minute out of the Arabian Peninsula and go to three other places that the information obviously is not going to come to you through the regular channels of information. The first one is Morocco. It had an honorary council in Venezuela this council was poisoned and he died they took him they rushed him to the hospital he couldn't survive he had stomach issues after eating something he was poisoned up until here it's a normal story <coughs> but when you get to <coughs> realize that this council from a Muslim country is a Yahudi. We don't have enough Islamic talent around to become consuls or honorary councils in different parts of the world. The general who rules Egypt, Sisi, said, and he said this as if he's proud of it, he said, I've been going and praying in the masjids for 30 years. But I did not and would not permit my children to go to these masjids. And he later on rationalizes this saying, I don't know what they're going to learn in these masjids. And then we go finally to Lebanon. An ex Prime Minister in Lebanon, you know our Palestinian brothers are on a hunger strike in their hundreds. They are on a hunger strike in Israeli or Zionist prisons. They've been on a hunger strike now for, I assume, over a week. The ex-Prime Minister of Lebanon, his name is Salim al-Hus, he himself is on a hunger strike. Now imagine if we had responsible Islamic decision makers (coughs) who would do the same thing. They would say, I'm a president so-and-so, minister so-and-so, how many of them do we have in Muslim countries? They would say, we are also on a hunger strike. But when you have a Qur'an and a sunnah that are not motivational, and you have this type of brainwashing happening every week, in millions of masajid around the world, you don't have the right response to the wrong policies. Allahumma <laughs> arena al haqqa haqqa wa rzukna tibaa wa arena al baatila baatila wa jtinaba wa la tajal humultabisan alayna Wajalna lil muttaqina imama. ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا الصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعفو عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد
1: وبارك
0: على محمد وآل محمد اللهم صل على ابراهيم وآل ابراهيم وبارك على ابراهيم وآل ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إِنَّ الْإِنْسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وعملوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ مَنْعَ who is الله أن يذكر the one وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين. لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعم ما يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا ولذكر الله أكبر وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا تَصْنَعُونَ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ أَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ